Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show. I hope you're really well and happy December. I can't believe it either, but it is December and the countdown to Christmas is on. Today I am going to be talking to Angie from the um, the Dental Mum. She's a qualified dentist and first time mum to her 17 month old daughter Isla and I really can't wait to talk to her and um, some of you have sent in lots of questions for her. So hi Angie, how are you? Hello, yes I'm very well thank you, how are you? I'm very well thank you, very well. How is everything? Okay, yeah, just um, busy, really works really busy, which is which is nice, but it is a bit hectic. And I guess it's just that sort of run up to whatever Christmas we're going to get. So yeah. <laughs> I've been doing some kind of presents and um, yeah, bits, but planning food deliveries and things like that. So, um, so yeah, busy, busy, but all good. Thank you. Yeah, it's quite, it's such a it's been such a strange and surreal year, hasn't it? And I think yeah. this Christmas, I don't think it's going to be Christmas as we know it. But I'm still busy. I'm still trying to get excited about that's it. That's it. I think we can just. I think we'll just have to make the most of whatever we can. So, well, that's kind of our plan anyway. So I think um, we'll, we're grateful that hopefully we'll be able to see some family and stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, we don't have a huge Christmas anyway, so fingers crossed it shouldn't be too different. But it's just a shame the kind of run up events as well. We were we had a visit planned um to santa tomorrow in fact but because our area is tier three we can't i mean we could but half the things are closed and so we just kind of thought maybe we'll give it a miss it's just a shame that we're missing out on a few bits like that but but never mind it is what it is isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah and definitely making the most of the situation so i've been so excited to talk to Angie and i absolutely love your instagram the dental mum thank you Um, I get asked so I think it's because it's tied teeth is tied in to um well teething and sleep yeah rushing yeah. teeth into bedtime routine yeah. and also milk like milk taking milk from a, a beaker or a bottle or feeding to sleep and feeding at wake ups overnight time so I definitely get asked lots of questions and I thought you know what I just want to get someone in that knows that that's, that's their zone of genius that's your area of expertise and yeah I'm really excited to talk to you today do you want to share us tell us a little bit about you your work your Instagram page yeah yeah so I'm a, a qualified dentist nearly 10 years now which is scary when I say it out loud um but yeah I'm a, a qualified dentist and I have my own dental practice in um, Leicester where I live um and um I yes yeah, so I had Isla seven she's 17 months so June last year and I found through you know the initial sort of 
12 months or so of having her that I relied quite heavily on Instagram for advice um you know so I was often looking at sort of pages like yours or um you know when it came to weaning and things like that um and it was and I just thought it was so useful and I was so grateful to people like yourselves who were um offering your knowledge for free basically because obviously otherwise you know you're looking at say with sleep for example you're looking at paying potentially you know if you just have the odd question here and there you don't maybe don't need a whole package so I just thought it was lovely that people were sharing their knowledge and then just before Isla turned one I sort of saw a little bit of a gap in the market um, for dental advice and generally speaking um, and from working in general practice I think dental and oral health is something which can get Um, missed because I don't think it's talked about as much as it should be Um, and I think you get some parents and some people who are super aware and conscious of it and then you get you know the others that it's not because they don't want to try or they you know or they don't they don't have an interest in oral health but they just haven't been told or don't have the knowledge and information on on how to kind of the best best practice and best behaviors so um so then I thought I'll set you know I kind of said to my husband and my family I was like well I have knowledge that I could share and um you know and and I, and I like using Instagram we have a social media page for our practice and I enjoy creating content and uploading things um and uh, and so yeah so then that's kind of the dental mom I set it up I think just two or three days before Isla turned one um and you know it's been it's been great I've had really really good feedback which has been nice um you know lots of like actually fa- family and friends um who have been like oh I didn't know that and you know and then obviously building a bit of a community um online as well so I like yourself I do sort of Q&A's um which proved to be really popular um but as you kind of touched on the sort of things that you mentioned are the most common questions that we get asked and it's funny because to me I'm like well that it seems so obvious the answer to the question but I forget that that's because I'm in the dental industry (laughs) um and you know and I'm like actually no people don't people don't know that so um so yeah so that's kind of that's kind of where the social media um began so I'm really excited to obviously be doing this as well and thank you so much for for you know having and hosting me because it's definitely something that I think the more and more I'm talking about it I'm realizing that people just just don't know and you know and whatever little I can do to help um is is just going to help all these children as they grow older to potentially not have issues with their teeth and have good healthy relationships with oral health so yeah yeah it's amazing you like 10 years when you said 10 years like that probably seems like such a long time you wait till you say 20 years like it's insane like it's it's crazy like, like a whole decade like two decades yeah. one decade for you and two decades for me I can't um, believe it it's scary but, um, yeah <laughs> it is really scary and it goes so quickly but like you I don't think your page is so helpful and I'm always signposting families to your page oh, and thank you so um, much asking you <laughs> must be sick of me asking you questions and I just think it's um I completely agree with you. There is a wealth. Instagram is such a lovely place. There's a wealth of information out there. And for me, it's a really, I really enjoy creating content as well. And I was laughing when you said that it's really obvious for you as a dentist, because I'm the same with sleep. Somebody will ask me something. I'm like, it's so, isn't it obvious? I didn't, a big part of me not going on there to begin with was just like, well, people know this stuff. Why would they want me to, to add to it? But people don't people don't and it's sometimes the most obvious things to us that are the most helpful to other people and Absolutely. I can really see you enjoy creating your content and, yeah. and giving <laughs> advice out there and I think that's what drew me to your page to be honest because it I can see that and I think it's so 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 important to share 
what we can. Like, I wouldn't expect anybody to give away their work for free, but sh- helping people and sharing information, I'm really passionate about that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just sometimes the odd, like you said, it's just something to you that's so obvious, but the smallest change or the smallest bit of information to somebody can make a huge difference to their yeah. like routine or things like that. And obviously sleep, for example, speaking from experience you know like when you get when you when you get sleep you crack sleep I mean but do you ever because I feel like she'll sleep fine and you know and I'll think like I'm done something amazing and then I don't know she just won't but anyway (laughs) sleep I think can change parents lives for the better Um, and I think with oral health I think it's just like I said establishing really good good and healthy habits because we all want the best for our children you know as parents we all nobody would knowingly do any you know you don't want to do anything that's going to bring them to any harm but I think if you haven't got the knowledge um you know protect with with dentistry potentially you could be do, you know doing harm for, or, or you know creating um issues in the future so so yeah definitely I'm I'm all for sharing that information so yeah I think it's important and that especially I think with the year we've had we've mentioned COVID earlier like I would imagine like again I don't like assumptions that's often the mother of all muck-ups but I I would imagine that some people are worried about going to visit their dentist absolutely yeah yeah I mean thankfully we yeah thankfully we've not had um you know we've not had like the impact of COVID on our from a business perspective hasn't been as as bad as we thought it would be when lockdown and things were initially announced but and what has happened is the access to dentistry has become very difficult and through not through people like us um, but through the restrictions that have been placed on us with regards to PPE Mm. and um, you know and the procedures we can and can't do and and people you know our our practice would be heaving the doors would be open and people would be in and out but even just the fact that we we can't we have to leave the door locked you have to have an appointment you have to be triaged by phone so I think um you know and through lockdown <clears throat> and this in this more recent one as well um it's been nice that if I have had parents reach out to me that I am able to offer obviously it's difficult and I'm sure you're the same you can't offer specific advice without especially you know I have to assess clinically sometimes but at least give generic advice until they're able to access that dental care so um yeah. so you know that but yeah it is a scary time in lots of things and I think you know parents have been worried that they can't take their child to the dentist or the safety of going to the dentist but I think we'll all get you know we're kind of up and running in a in a different way but a way that's working so fingers crossed that will just continue to become more efficient and and we'll get back to some sort of form of normality sooner rather than later hopefully (laughs) oh fingers crossed I think parents need reassurance whether you are a new parent first time parent second time parent fourth time parent sixth time parent that I think parents always need that little bit of reassurance but especially now I think it's even more important absolutely yeah insurance and Keith like I hadn't realized like I was so excited to speak to you but I hadn't realized actually just how much teeth are linked to sleep which is really funny when I say it like that but there is I get asked a lot of questions such as um how can we ease teething to help sleep because when we're in teething hurts when they're in discomfort it's like us going to have an impact on their sleep I get asked a lot about the dummy and the sleep uh, dummy and the teeth should they um I'm not a fan of the word should but should there is there an age they should stop it is it really bad for teeth from a from a dental point of view should they be feeding sleep on the bottle is it okay to feed them sleep at wake up um, what happens if they feed sleep on the breast or bottle at bedtime? When should you clean their teeth? Um, what happens if they don't like cleaning teeth? So these questions, when I think about it, 
they do come up quite a lot in practice. So if it's okay with you, if there's anything you want to share, like any of your biggest tips for um, like infant dental health, feel free to share them. But if not, I'd love to go through a couple, a few of these questions. Yeah, yeah, let's run, well, if we run through the questions and then if there's anything that I kind of think I haven't mentioned, then I can definitely come back to it. So, yeah. Super, I'm just going to get my highlighter out because I absolutely love highlighting. Yeah, sure, well. yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest, one of the most common questions I get is what happens is when happens, meaning, Uh, you should start you should really start brushing their teeth as soon as they have them um and some um something that i've kind of more recently become aware of is um some companies do dental wipes like for the gum um so something that some parents can introduce before baby even has any teeth is 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 wiping the gum because it sort of gets them used to the um sensation of something being in the mouth other than breast or bottle because that's all they'll be used to um but but really in terms of brushing you need you want to be brushing the teeth as soon as they you can see them starting to push through if you haven't started anything already um i get asked a lot about toothbrushes do i recommend a particular toothbrush um i, I don't really there's not a particular brand when it comes to adults it's different but with children you just want something soft something small um you know you don't want to be using a huge toothbrush with a really big head you don't want an electric toothbrush or battery powered you don't need anything fancy because when they've got just one or two teeth or even you know four or eight it's not the same as brushing our teeth and um so anything you can easily get into their mouth um i think the most important things really with brushing is to establish it as part of the routine um wherever you feel that's appropriate so the advice for brushing is twice a day which is last thing at night and at one other time so um, it doesn't have to be in the morning if that doesn't work. You know, if it, if it works better to brush teeth when they wake up from their morning nap, for example, because I know with Isla, that's when we used to get her out of her pajamas. You know, not at, not at seven in the morning, but at like yeah. ten thirty or whatever. Um, so if that's the better time for brushing, then do it then. Um, uh, but you know it's just making sure that you can establish it as part of the routine and doing the best you can so I talk about this quite a bit on my Instagram page because I I'm a dentist my husband's a dentist and so you know our relationship with health oral hygiene is, is healthy and, and normal and good and whatever um, and Isla got her first tooth we didn't brush we didn't do anything before to be honest but as, she, as soon as she got her first tooth coming through I, we were so excited I went to Sainsbury's and I bought um, this Aquafresh um, toothbrush and I bought a milk teeth toothpaste um, so a fluoride containing toothpaste and got home and kind of was really excited to start brushing her teeth and oh my god she just wouldn't open her mouth like it was mm. not happening and I was shocked because you know and this has been my experience as a parent versus a dentist that a lot of the things and the advice that I would give before I had um, Isla has now changed completely because the reality of the situation is not what you think it is or what you learn at university about children's oral health for example and dummies and thumb sucking which I can come to all fit under that same kind of thing so um so it's really common for your child your you know your baby or your toddler to not be happy with um you know to not be happy with with you brushing their teeth because it's a foreign concept and something they're not used to so the best advice I can give and what we did was just keep doing it keep introducing it so twice a day 
where we found time within our routine, we would try and brush our teeth in the same place. Um, and we would do what, whatever we could. So if it was a case of just she took the brush and she did nothing with it, um, but put it in her mouth, that was fine. And we kept doing that. Um, and I think it took about for us, I think it took about four to six weeks, I think. But all I remember is I was in our bedroom and my husband called me in the bathroom and he, and he was like, come, come quickly. And he was brushing her teeth. And I don't know what changed. Something just clicked and suddenly she was fine with it. Um, and I know that's just our experience and everybody's will vary. But I think um, consistency is key. Um, so, you know, even if and even if they don't allow you to it. And another thing that people often ask is, oh, they're getting really upset. Should I just keep doing it? My, my best advice, you know, depending on the age of your child and things like that is, is no. You know, if they're starting to get upset, don't push it. Because what you don't want to do is make it a negative thing. Um, and you don't want them to associate seeing their toothbrush with something that's unpleasant because then you'll really struggle to come back from that in my opinion mm-hmm. um so so yeah so you know it's it's important to start doing it um t- timing and routines is i think you're kind of going to come to that anyway but the last thing before uh, before bed is a tricky one it, it, from a personal perspective um so again then me pre Isla would have said yeah no no you know milk wait 20 minutes then brush then bed and but the reality of the situation and even in my own routine that that doesn't happen you know mm-hmm. we um Isla still has a bottle for her milk which again is not something which really is recommended but I can't drop it <laughs> um so you know the parent in me is like well pick and choose my battles um so she brushes we brush her teeth as part of her bedtime routine but it's not after milk it's before milk um so it's after dinner and before milk but the gold standard if it is possible for you to kind of rejig your routine would be last thing before they go to bed but when brushing and the same goes for adults as well as children, you want to wait at least 20 minutes after any food or drink before brushing. Um, and this is a huge one that I got a lot of reaction to on my Instagram page because a lot of people brush straight after breakfast. I don't know if you're if you were ever in that camp or. I actually brush before breakfast now. I don't know whether that's right or wrong. Yes. But I'll yes. brush my teeth as soon as I'm awake now. Yes. Um, so that's that's the correct way in terms of timing. That's the, you know before food is, yeah, that's fine. That's what we all do. So first thing in the morning. Um, but what happens when whenever we eat or drink anything is the pH of our saliva becomes more acidic. Um, so um, you need to wait, and it takes about twenty minutes or so for that to neutralize before brushing your teeth. So you know the odd time here and there. If you were to brush your teeth straight away after food that's it's not going to be the end of the world but it's not something which you would want to be a regular occurrence so with babies and children um you know if they're having their milk and then you're brushing their teeth before they go to sleep that's not ideal and to wait that 20 minutes after milk before bed doesn't work as well in some people's routine so it's trying to fit it you know into what works obviously um but be mindful of what you're aiming and working towards that's what we're doing so we're trying to find ways where you know firstly we try and get her off the bottle and then try and move milk and then move brushing and things like that so um but yeah that's the that's the gold standard advice is is last thing before bed okay that makes sense i'm really really loving this i've definitely learned something yeah. <laughs> and i'm loving your honesty and like, yeah. it's so refreshing and so lovely like that expectation and i can draw parallels in that when i did my training i was trained to do um well 20 years ago now the whole control crying you are the boss babies manipulate you and in theory it sounds fine on paper when i was in the classroom for two years learning that i'm like yeah this sounds great and yeah. then you come out into practice and i'm just like 
no the theory doesn't fit doesn't always fit into practice exactly. or the expectation yeah is reality yeah um, i love that's that definitely it. yeah and i think you know so um we t- we touched on habits um you know you mentioned dummies and thumb sucking so um isla's a thumb sucker i have no i had i actually was as well um but you know it's something i had no control over and um, when she started to suck her thumb um we thought should we introduce a dummy to try and intercept thumb sucking because you know from the things I know it's easier to get rid of a dummy than a thumb is attached to her hand so that's not going to happen until yeah. she's ready um but she wouldn't take it and she just wanted to suck her thumb and I remember so I have a, a really good relationship with my health visitor and I'm very grateful to her for a lot of the help and advice she's given me and I remember talking to her and she was like if she wants to suck her thumb she's going to suck her thumb yeah so the dentist in me and my husband kind of just thought okay forget it (laughs) you know like it's not (laughs) ideal it's not what we ever would have planned for as a half of things that we've done since we had her 99% of things that we've done since we had her so we'll just accept that this is you know it soothes her she's happy and we'll cross that bridge about stopping what you know when when it, when we come to it and deal with the consequences when we do you know and and um because there's certain things that you just don't have have control over so I think and that when you say honesty I think that's something which uh, you know I through my page I didn't want to be um pushing people to uh, you know unrealistic things and I'd rather just be honest and at the end of the day you know if you have the best intentions and you're trying to that's that's all you can do as a parent I think um you know if you're kind of um not aware you don't have the knowledge or you disregard the knowledge then I think it's different but if you know what you should be doing and you're working towards that that's all you can do you know you can't yeah. do much else and they're stubborn aren't they children are yeah. stubborn like. <laughs> yeah so, there yeah. are no I mean parenting isn't about battling I talk about this a lot but even though it can feel like it sometimes so there aren't any winners or losers there's it's only a battle if we make it in our head but yeah. yes they you're never if you go up against your baby your toddler your child you are never going to win it's just because Absolutely. it is going to become a massive battle yeah. and that's what I really like about that the whole routine I never ever thought about it like that but it's okay to clean your teeth at different times of the day I guess as adults we like I like it because it makes me feel awake yeah I feel good when I brush my teeth in the morning which reinforces when we feel good that actually reinforces a healthy habit yeah um which is great and I only recently learned and actually, I don't know whether this is any truth in it, and it's nothing to a seat, but I'm going to ask anyway, is that they only put mint in the toothpaste to encourage us, like, that we don't need mint, we don't need a flavour in our toothpaste. No. That clean, fresh feeling, that's what keeps us coming back for more and actually gets us cleaning our, keeps us cleaning our teeth. Yeah, absolutely. But the opposite is sort of true for babies and children. So quite often, children don't like the minty taste of toothpaste, and that actually puts them off. So as an adult, yes, like, and I'm the same. I don't, I couldn't, I can't go downstairs or eat or drink anything until I've brushed my teeth it's just I don't feel like fresh and you know I still feel like whatever um so so yes but uh, but children's toothpaste for example come in a variety of flavors so um for example the one Isla's using at the moment is an apple flavor which to me when even when I smell it I'm like oh my god I don't I wouldn't want to brush my teeth with that but um <laughs> you know sometimes that's more pleasant for them and, and you know the milk teeth that she was using had whatever strawberry flavor to it and um so yeah so flavoring really is just it's just to entice you and make it more appealing um and it's a very personal thing I've got patients who I'll recommend a particular toothpaste and they absolutely will 100% not use it because of the taste or or the other way around so um so yeah no we don't need it but for children you might sometimes um 
the, you know, if, if your child's using the same toothpaste as you, depending on their age that, and how and if you're supervising it, that's, that's appropriate. Um, but they might refuse because of the taste. And then it's always worth trying something that, fla- that has a different flavour to it because they, you might find that then they have no issues with it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And as a nanny, I remember the, the family having like three or four different toothpaste because everybody has their preference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then one very quick question sure. is I do, I've, I've seen a, over the years a rise or a lots of families using electric toothbrushes or, you know, yeah. those little battery operated ones. Yeah. yeah. Can we use them for them? And when is it appropriate to, to use an electric toothbrush if there is, if it is ever appropriate? You you can, um, but I would probably say for your children, probably three plus um, for a battery powered or electric toothbrush. Um, up till that point, a manual toothbrush is, is sufficient. Um, there's nothing really wrong with using um, an electric one beforehand. And sometimes people will say that because their child sees them using an electric toothbrush, they want to do the same. So they don't understand why theirs doesn't vibrate or whatever, light up or whatever. Um, so so there's no harm. Um, but, you know, really with, with brushing, um, it's just making sure you're being thorough um, and covering all the tooth surfaces. And sometimes, particularly like, even with myself, I find I'll have more control with a manual toothbrush versus an electric one. An electric one, potentially, she'd have more temptation to play with it as opposed to just letting me get on with it. And, you know, she always has a brush herself, but at the moment she's quite good at letting me do it first but no there's nothing wrong with it but what you definitely don't need to do is invest in a really expensive one for your children you know for your younger babies and children you just go for a battery powered one but for adults um older children adults yes 100 percent an electric toothbrush is, is is much more effective they are they have the same level of effectiveness manual and manual and electric toothbrushes if a manual brush is used in the 100% correct way. But the reality of the situation is pe- nobody will brush properly with a manual toothbrush, uh, myself included. So, um, yes, for adults and older children, an electric toothbrush is great, definitely. Oh, OK, that makes definitely makes more sense now. Definitely makes more sense. And, yes, coming back briefly to the... We talk, you talked about... Um, where to clean the teeth in the bedtime routine and that yeah. honestly makes so much sense to me and um, like the gold standard would be that they have their milk brush wait 20 minutes brush their teeth but that isn't always possible because especially for breastfed babies yeah they are more likely to feed all the way to sleep so that was really helpful thank you for sharing that yeah. if they two questions there if they do fall asleep on the breast or bottle is there anything you can do to help um help the teeth yeah yeah and long term is that going to have an impact on their oral health so this is a really tricky one um to give um it's a a difficult no 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 it's a it's because i know what the answer should be but again it's about being practical so breast breastfeeding i would say um the risk of the risk of developing decay because that's what we're worried about um is is lower uh than with bottle feeding especially with formula um so the issue is we're falling asleep with uh, whilst feeding the issue is that milk will be sitting on their teeth and and that milk sitting on the teeth can cause cavities in them so yeah. if you can where possible ensure that that's not happening which correct me if I'm wrong and I'm not I don't I 
didn't have a very good experience of breastfeeding so I don't know but I feel like the way that breast milk um, is taken in is probably less likely for that to happen versus a bottle I think with a bottle you're more likely to get that collection and pooling of milk on the teeth which is why bottle feeding to sleep is is more of an issue Um, but it's just trying to clear the mouth of any milk so you've not got milk sitting there there's a couple of things with that. Falling asleep, um, breastfeeding and, and bottle feeding, I guess it, it's something which from a sleep perspective, potentially you would be looking to change that habit anyway as they get older. Correct me if I'm wrong. So maybe when it's happening, they're younger, potentially they haven't got teeth or they've got less teeth or, you know, they've not got other dietary sugars and things that you would also worry about. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, so so maybe it's something which you'd be working towards breaking that habit anyway not for teeth purposes but for everything else um one thing i would be really mindful not to do um which which uh, i've seen it happen with patients is some parents will give their child a bottle to sleep with in the night so they have a yeah. bottle in their cot that is something which i would 100 percent say to, to to get rid of um because if the child has access to that bottle free access to that bottle and they're going to kind of sip on it and whatever firstly if they're using it as kind of a dummy or you know as like a thumb and sucking on it then that's going to have implications in terms of growth and development of the dentition the same way a dummy would or a thumb would Um, but if that milk is constantly in their mouth and that milk's in the cot with them and it's going to be sitting there then they are 100% going to get cavities in their teeth and we see it a lot it's called bottle caries um, or bottle decay Um, and you know the only way you you You'll see it and you and I'll ask that question straight away do you give baby bottle in their cot and they're like yep yeah, they go to sleep with uh, milk with them that's uh, that's something I would 100% stop um because uh, because I think that can have serious implications um but you know I think falling asleep feeding um but then removing that bottle obviously the best of removing the bottle and trying where possible to ensure there's not milk really pooling and sitting on their teeth that's really the best that you can do um with regards to that yeah makes sense and what about um you mentioned the dental wipes earlier wiping the mouth with a flannel or a wipe if they fell asleep on the breast or the bottle afterwards yeah you can do um if that's something that works um i know when isla's asleep i don't even want to be within like a 10 mile radius of her (laughs) so so um so yeah i probably wouldn't touch her but you know if that's something which works and 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 again it's just it makes it a bit more um you know from a parent's perspective you know you can ensure that that milk's kind of gone then yeah that's absolutely fine um but you know um it's just one of these things isn't it i think i think it's easier said than done if they're falling asleep feeding um, but I would be more concerned if they were falling asleep bottle feeding I, I personally I would say than than breastfeeding yeah yeah makes sense and it's quite rare that I would have a baby in practice fall asleep on the bottle they're less it does happen but yeah. it's definitely less likely yeah and just to echo that I from a sleep perspective my whole approach is feeding to sleep whether that's breast or bottle isn't an issue unless it's an issue for you and some babies it doesn't it's not a bad habit it doesn't impact them sitting in the sleep cycles at night time right. but again with the bottle I would try and it's not, again it's not about stopping them from feeding all the way to sleep on it it would be get, giving a bit of a break wiping their mouth afterwards um whether that was breast or bottle if you want to but 100% I can't echo this enough I would never ever recommend it goes against SID guidelines anyway to have the bottle in like to have them falling asleep on the bottle in their yeah. pot if that makes sense yeah yeah um, but I'd never I personally would never ever recommend doing that 
for that that reason. Water is a little bit different when they get a little bit older, but definitely not a, a, a milk. Yeah, and water's, water's fine. Um, you know, water's not going to cause any issues. Again, I would avoid putting water in a bottle um, because obviously the, you know, the, the sucking motion and, you know, comforting on the bottle. Um, but, you know, water in a in a straw cup or something like that is that's fine. You know, water's not going to do any any harm at all. So, yeah, makes sense. That's really interesting because I'm wondering whether I don't know whether I would have thought of that. Like, would I put water in a bottle? I don't think I have done it, but I don't know whether I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I we have it. Isla was virtually form, formula fed from about four months. Um, so when it was really hot, um, pre six months, I did put cool board water in a bottle for her um in the night actually if she would wake up and i knew she wasn't hungry but i think she was just thirsty because it was really warm um but after six months i would always put it in a cup for her but i think i guess it's just one of these things isn't it it's just whatever makes sense to you at the time at the time so yeah um and i know bottle i know a, bo- a bottle can be a source of comfort as well for children so um you know uh, but it's just trying to avoid that something that comes down to a habit if they're comforting on a bot- bottle it's the same as a dummy or a thumb um yeah. so um and they that like i said that's not really decay related unless you know depending on what's in the bottle that's more the position of the teeth and the development of the jaw that's kind of where that's more of an issue yeah, no, that makes total sense. This is uh, this is absolutely fascinating, <laughs> and it's the same. The other question that I have, it kind of leads on to that. What happens if they wake up because babies, toddlers do yeah. not have feeds at night time? And again, yeah. from my sleep perspective, feeding at night time is never a bad habit. A Roger yeah. doesn't need to stop unless you want it to. Yeah. Um, but from a dentist perspective, should we be brushing their teeth at, at the middle of the night? <laughs> No, I don't. I mean, I don't think that's again with that 20 minute thing and whatever. I don't really think it would be practical to do that. Um, You know, I just think it's the same sort of thing. Just try and ensure they're not falling asleep with milk in their mouth. But, um, you know, Isla was having a feed in the middle of the night for only until quite recently, I would say Um, we would just would give her her milk and then I'd always change her nappy it's funny because uh, is that something that you because a lot of people say not to change their nappy in the night because it wakes them up but I've always done it and she does wake her up but then she goes back <laughs> to sleep don't know but anyway because she'd have I'll answer milk, that question in a sec uh, definitely yeah because she has her because she'd have her milk and then I'd change her nappy and she would be properly awake like fully awake and kind of smiling and babbling and whatever that was my way of ensuring that no there's no milk in there now you know it's been a good five minutes since she finished her milk before I put her down um but again I know that's just my own experience I I know everyone's is is different so it just comes back to the same thing as falling asleep feeding it's the same sort of principle yeah yeah makes sense and if you are concerned about it wipe their mouth yes yeah yeah makes sense and answering your question nappy at night time again yeah definitely get asked this a lot and I think most things on my pressure will always come down it depends on the baby but my suggestion would be to try and avoid changing a nappy at night time from yeah. a sleep perspective yeah. lots of different reasons the main one is that nappies are very good now at wicking away the wee so it's very unlikely that they're going to get sore or it's going to need changing I'd probably only change if it was a poo and it woken them 
or it was absolutely stopping their leap through or you yeah. could, your, your little one's expert you can tell that it's bothering them yeah um and the other thing is because there's no greater way of waking your baby up yeah. than yeah. whipping off the nappy yeah. and exposing yeah. themselves like it's just i don't know it feels really fresh doesn't it and yeah. they're awake um and that is, some babies can find it very difficult to get back to sleep and my yeah. suggestion interesting isn't it because my suggestion would be to change the nappy before the feed yeah yeah From I can understand that but I, I guess it's just balancing every it's, it's there's some different layers to it it's about balancing every part of your what's working what isn't what's best for each part of the body I guess yeah and I also think it's, it's on the baby I mean I think like you, you said it yourself you know if your if your baby's bothered or if your baby can I guess fully wake up like Isla was we could, she can be awake but then she could get herself back to sleep but if I was worried that she wasn't then I wouldn't you know then you wouldn't do it so I think it's just about I guess it's each baby's different and it's about making what you can just make it work really and yeah. be practical and just take the pressure off I think as parents we obviously we put so much pressure on ourselves about everything absolutely everything don't we you know like feeding sleeping you said poo has she done a poo is she not what was it like what was the consistency what was the color <laughs> um, is she happy was she crying is she got a runny nose you know like is she learning enough is she this is it and i think we just put so much pressure on ourselves that i think it's about taking pressure off and there are certain things that will be beyond our level of control and there are you know and so it's just not no point worrying about it like the thing if they wake up in the night for a feed well that's that's your baby and that's what they and I'm, I agree with you, you know that's what they need so um so don't then take pressure like oh I'm worried about the teeth or the sleep or this I mean about doing it do what works but I think just try and um keep those those gold standards in the back of your mind and work towards them where you can yeah there's so much pressure to to be this perfect parent and get it yeah. every day and we can't no. life life logistics every baby's different every family's different um yeah it's so tricky but if you one tip I do have for sleep is if you do need to change the nappy at night time because there will be times when you will need to do that I would try to keep interaction to an absolute minimum yeah it's going to be all singing all dancing parents no. at that time <laughs> of the morning and try to do it as dark as possible yeah try not to like put all the lights on I mean if you've done a punami or your baby's done a punami you'll need to put the light on obviously of course um, yeah <laughs> but again we can only I think you just have to you can only do your best in that moment I think that's really a really lovely message actually yeah yeah so just another three really super quick questions then mm -hmm. when is the when should they stop the bottles again I know that the NHS guidelines are by a year yes I know from personal and from in practice that that isn't always the case that'd be great to get no. invited to that yeah so 12 months is what we would say um but it's kind of I think a lot of um weaning um specialists say when you're weaning them off um formula for example well if, if they're you know bottle fed because they're formula fed instead of weaning them um off onto cow's milk in a bottle and then off the bottle you just do it together so you just wean them off bottle and formula into cow's milk in a cup yeah um and you so you're only weaning once um i only really read that after i'd already put her on cow's milk in a bottle for her <laughs> um but to be completely honest um you know uh i don't know whether i would still do it any differently only because um i uh, personally i like the fact that Isla drinks a lot of milk she really likes cow's milk and she drinks it really well from a bottle and she doesn't drink as much from a cup and I'm not confident in in myself that she gets enough 
um, dairy in her diet. She gets dairy in her diet, but I like measuring things and I like knowing that she's had X number of ounces of cow's milk a day. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, the advice is 12 months, but again, and I know I've got friends that obviously similar, um, children with similar ages, so I let, and they're still bottle fed as well. I think the main issues are, like we said, about falling asleep with milk in the mouth. Um, so, um, so that's kind of something which can be related to bottles that I would try and avoid um, where possible or, you know, with milk sitting on the teeth. Um, and also, I think it's, um, you know, how long they're taking to have a bottle. But in my, again, just from my own personal experience, she finishes a sort of seven eight ounces of milk in about three or four minutes and then that's it then the bottle's out her mouth and then we put it away and she doesn't see it again until bedtime when she has her next well she only has two a day at the moment but um but yeah so you know three four minutes of a bottle really is not going to have considering she sucks her thumb um three four minutes of sucking on a bottle is not going to have a massive negative implication on her dental development um so so you know I wouldn't I, I wouldn't get so caught up if your child's doing the same thing they're literally having two three quick bottles a day and that's it I, I wouldn't worry too much to be honest I think I think again it's a balancing act between nutrition um routine comfort what works I think it like we said the main issues around bottles I would say are um, milk sitting on the teeth using the bottle as um, for comfort um you know these are things which I would then be mindful to try and move away from them Um, but I think from 12 months it's useful to again bear in mind that you're going to move away from bottles sooner rather than later but I sometimes I don't know and I'm not at that stage yet but I feel like potentially it's sort of like potty training like is it not kind of when your child is ready as well I feel you know I don't know but I we were talking this morning before we started recording about her being in the toddler room so in the toddler room that they all have milk from an open cup. So I feel like she's only been there about just over a week, but I feel like within a few weeks or months or whatever, she herself probably will come to expect mm. milk in a cup as opposed to in a bottle. So just wait for it, to, for it to be led by her a little bit as well by it. But but yeah, that again, I don't know. That's just personal preference. That's not professional <laughs> advice at all. But, um, but yeah, so I would say, you know, I wouldn't get too caught up on it, but I would try and move away from it up from 12 months onwards if possible. Yeah, it makes total sense. I've worked with a lot of families, both as a nanny and in practice, where older ones are having a bottle. But it's really good to know that they weren't falling asleep on it. You know, they would have their milk from their bottle at night time. It, it was really quick. And then they would either brush their teeth afterwards or wipe down. So yeah. that's, I think that's really helpful, helpful to know. Yeah. And would that be the same advice at night time? Because some 18 month olds do still need a feed at night. I hate that word. I've said it. Still need a feed at night time. I don't mean it. In, yeah. Oh, my goodness. No. Feeding, but yeah. they still do need a feed. That's that's where they're at. Like you, I don't believe that right at 12 months exactly or at any set age or stage, they've yeah. got to drop a nap, drop the bottles. The, um, you know, they're all really different. Is, is that going to be a problem at night time? Would it still be the same advice? Um, I mean, I think it's just I think it's a very similar thing. I think if it's a quick bottle, you know, there's no milk in there, then just do what works. Um, You know, if you're working towards dropping the night feed anyway, then I think that's to move away from that in a bottle would be beneficial as as part of it. Um, But I wouldn't um, I guess I wouldn't say like, you know, don't give them the night feed because it's in a bottle because of their teeth if that makes sense it does um, yeah so I think that that would kind of be more practical advice but I would 
I guess, and we're this, I'm the same, like try and move away from it where you can. I guess that's the best yeah. advice. Like be aware that it's not ideal. And if there, if, you know, um, so for example, up until quite, quite recently, Isla was on three bottles a day. So she'd have one just before her or just after her lunchtime nap. Um, and I kind of thought, well, look, I know she has enough in the morning and enough at night. So let's drop that one, but give her, offer her milk, but give it to her in a cup. Uh, because I know she'll drink more from a bottle, but doesn't mean she needs it. But that's just her. Um, so so I think it's having that kind of mentality as well that, you know, where you think you could make a change, then do it. But where you think it's really going to disrupt other things, then maybe just take it a bit, you know, take the pressure off. But be mindful that you try and work away from that. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. And then, la- I promise, last two yeah, very no, quick no, questions. There's yeah, so much yeah. to ask you. I'm really enjoying it. Dummy and TV and tea? Yeah, so dummy and thumbs and fingers and when they get older, pens, any kind of um, digit or object sucking habit um, does have an impact on their um, development of their mouth in terms of the position of the teeth um, and the development of the jaws, because it's a really, really powerful force. The sucking motion is really powerful. Um, <clears throat> what it can, what it causes is it can cause the upper jaw to narrow and become quite V-shaped. Um, it can be, cause the lower jaw to underdevelop because it's being re- sort of pushed back and held back. And it can cause the teeth to stick out because if you imagine there's a thumb or a bottle or whatever going in there um, or a dummy sorry and if you you know like it's so funny but as a dentist I could literally see a child and tell you whether they suck their thumb or have a dummy because you can see it from a distance even um really that hundred percent I could I see you know um I look has that classic appearance of it I could see someone's child on Instagram and not obviously always but you know if they're quite a heavy dummy user or thumb sucker you would hundred percent be able to see it the good news is um, things can rectify themselves if the habit is stopped early enough. And I would say sort of three, the age of three, I think, you know, that, are, are, you know, if you could stop any habit before three, then growth will kind of take over and correct a lot of the issues that might have developed um, in those first sort of three years or whatever of doing it. It's not a guarantee and they may still require some form of orthodontic treatment when they're older, but it may be less invasive and, you know, there may be less to it. There might, there might just be some minor alignment issues as opposed to big sort of jaw issues, for example. But prolonged habits after that age, they can, they can really have an impact on, on the jaws um, and growth. So I would definitely work towards <clears throat> stopping sooner rather than later um that's why we toyed with the idea of dummy and we tried to introduce it because we thought you know say say for example now like isla's 17 months and um you know she does it's she sucks her thumb but at random time i don't think she's i don't think she uses it for comfort anymore that's what she used to do she used to fall asleep suck her thumb and fall asleep i'm sure that's something that as you know that's something you probably i think it's good isn't it whether they do that um but she doesn't do that anymore when i see her wake up and she cries she doesn't use her thumb to go back to sleep somehow she just goes back to sleep but she'll suck her thumb at other times um, but she's doing it a lot less so i think if she had a dummy this would have been a great time for me to get rid of the dummy because i know she doesn't need it um so so i think as a parent i think if you see those kinds of signs and you think I don't know whether they actually need it for the things that was really helping me when they were newborn for example um to comfort they're not using it for that then then dummies if you can get rid of them 100% get rid of them um I, I don't know I don't have advice on this but I know from other people say go cold turkey and whatever whatever so whatever you think works a thumb is harder 
obviously. Um, so it thumb sometimes does have to wait until they're older. And I think until they understand why they shouldn't be sucking their thumb or they understand that they that they shouldn't be doing it. Um, and then obviously there's lots of things um, that you can buy, um, you know, to help break the habit and you can look on the internet and there's lots and lots of advice on and I think it's just you know we're going to have to cross this bridge soon but um but yeah definitely um you know I wouldn't get so caught up in it in the early stages and I think if it helps it you know that again from a personal perspective I'm glad she sucked her thumb it's really helped us up till this point because she's touch would always been an okay sleeper and she settles herself um but definitely <clears throat> within the next sort of 12 months or so we're going to look at trying to stop it where we can because then that's where it can potentially cause issues yeah oh that was really really helpful can I just say I'm slowly removing I'm a pen sucker okay <laughs> like I was, as you said that I very slowly removed the pen I know yeah you know you see honestly it's it's not uncommon and we sit because thumb sucking people know dummy sucking but a lot of children suck their fingers as well like two fingers and that has it's all the same it's all one and the same if there's something in there that you're you know it's I guess in a, with adults like have you know that it's going to be less of an issue orthodontically it's not going to really move I mean it would if you were doing it all day but um you know so you can chip your teeth for example so there's a, there's other issues with it but with our babies and children growing so quickly and developing so quickly um any kind of um, external interference can have quite a significant impact um so but <clears throat> but the good thing is as I said in these early years it can correct itself so if I look at a photo of Isla from six months ago say around the time she turned one uh, yeah yeah to now um, uh, her teeth look better and her jaws look better and her teeth look less pushed out because I know she's sucking her thumb less um yeah. so um so it they, these things do correct themselves um if you can remove that habit and I think dummies is an easier one really to to get rid of I guess because once it's gone it's gone my thumb is a bit is a bit of a difficult one yeah and there's loads of ways cold turkey is some again there's no right or wrong way to 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 ditch a dummy um again from a sleep perspective um I wouldn't recommend I've I've never suggest introducing a dummy um but at the same time like I don't think a dummy unless there was reflux then I might suggest it but before doing that reflux is a medical matter so I would be um signposting them to a a more appropriate professional than myself but sometimes I would recommend a dummy for that because it it can help ease reflux but I'd never recommend a dummy um to improve sleep I've never done it and I don't think I ever will but at the same time I wouldn't necessarily if the dummy is working for their sleep it's working for them I wouldn't recommend ditching it but it's really that's really useful to know that by three it's ideally we want it gone by three is that what yeah, we're saying definitely yeah yeah that's so that's the cutoff yeah <clears throat> so for example if a baby because i get asked this all the time use dummy yeah. just for sleep so just for naps and sleep overnight time it was minimal usage it's okay to use it quite late up until three you'd say um i mean the thing is we if the, I know they're all different. Yeah, I think the issue is how long it's in their mouth for. Because although we say it's minimal usage if it's just at night, some babies sleep twelve hours, don't they? So if they're 
kind of going backwards and forwards to the dummy through the night to fall asleep and then they're finding it and they're putting it back in then it's quite a significant can have quite a significant force it's almost the same as them using it during the day so I wouldn't say that just using it at night is any better I'd say use in general wherever they're using it whether they're using it um you know if they're literally using it to fall asleep and then the parents taking it away and they don't have it again until the next night then okay that's not you know that's I think it's the amount of time that it's in there for um so because that's when they're actually sucking on it that's when it's going to have the impact so you know a few 10 minutes in the day is going to be nothing compared to if you totaled it up four hours for example um so so yeah I would um I think I guess if it's easier to for it to be clear cut then I would say no it's better to not have it at all as opposed to have it at times I would I guess like I think because it can have such an impact I suppose and again I would be the same if I thought oh she only does it for 10 minutes so it's fine I think it would be better to not justify it in that way I guess and just maybe think just get rid of it (laughs) um because then you're not at risk of I mean don't get me wrong they could have any other issue with the dental development their teeth can come through in any other way so it's not to say that this is if they didn't suck their thumb or have a dummy their teeth would be perfect because we know that's not the case but um that's something that we could have a little bit of control over and if it's prolonged use then the effect on the jaws can be significant and it can actually be quite difficult to correct versus a child that just has overcrowding you know that can be a little bit more straightforward to correct so yeah it's such a tricky one isn't it that one yeah yeah it's hard and I guess it like you said it's what's it's what works and I think you know um Isla sucking her thumb has worked and has helped us and if I ever had a second and they didn't suck their thumb and they didn't sleep as well I would probably be like oh my god suck your thumb (laughs) you know like please why are you not your sister did it and that would be ideal um so um so yeah I think you know it's what and I never thought I would say that if you'd asked if you'd met me two years ago and we were doing this two years ago before I was a parent my advice would be completely different um because I and I know I don't introduce a dummy (laughs) yeah yeah well yeah I'd be saying that and then if I got someone that comes for a checkup and I can tell they suck their thumb I'd be really you know strict with the parents you really need to stop that and you know probably looking at an 18 month old saying that and now I'm thinking god if someone told me that I'd be like are you joking how would you how would you even suggest I start to get I just stop sucking her thumb at this age so um so I think it's what again it's what's practical but yes if you've not introduced a dummy don't introduce one if they don't suck their thumb then fine Um, yeah but you know if if you have already and they already use it or they already suck their thumb or you know whatever then um, just definitely try and work towards the dummy get getting rid of it because it's obviously in theory it's easier Um, a thumb just be mindful that as as you can you know just try and stop them or encourage them not to do it where you know when that becomes appropriate yeah it makes sense and what are your thoughts on the orthodontic uh, dummies do you know the ones I mean yes yeah um I mean I I can't say I know too much. Um, I, th- I I still think my my kind of professional opinion would be to stay away. I wouldn't, again, I guess, justify it because it's an orthodontic one. I think it would be better. I think the resulting effects would be less. Um, but I still wouldn't um, make make that mean that it's okay to use one, if that makes sense. I don't know if I phrased that very well. No, it does um, make so, sense. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometimes... It, you would if it if something is and it doesn't necessarily mean whether it's as dumb as it could be anything there's less risk we're more inclined to do it more does that make Absolutely, sense a yeah. great example if I'm having a healthy biscuit I'm more likely to have two yeah. <laughs> and so I might have just had the, the one that wasn't so yeah. um which was even you know the full fat version for example 
yeah and I think that's the thing so I think where we where I've said obviously through this and generally my advice is take the pressure off and only control what you can I think introducing a dummy is something that you can control and I think if there would be an alternative the reason you want to use the dummy if you could do something else I mean you don't need to use the dummy then do that as opposed to then say oh but if I got an orthodontic one then that's okay um you know I would probably think it's better um to not but if there are situations like you mentioned and I'm sure there are situations where it is the best thing for the child then fine yes maybe go for an orthodontic one then um but but you know um although I, I don't is have you ever come across that in america do they they tend to recommend them is that true you know for very early like newborns are they more pro pacifiers and dummies i would you say you know what? i'm going to be honest because i'd always rather be honest and say i'm not yeah. entirely sure than answer it and completely yeah it. so i'm going to go with i'm not entirely sure i definitely yeah. feel some um I think it just depends on the family and more pro dummies. And I think if you had a dummy as a child, you're yeah. more likely to introduce that. So it's just one of those things that that's something that baby has. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just because I've um, come across like family members and things and they kind of when as soon as baby was born, they gave them a dummy straight away. Whereas I didn't have I mean, I sucked my thumb, but I my sisters didn't. But they didn't have them either. So I think it wasn't something which I ever planned to use. As I, said, I think family is a huge thing because, yeah, if I had have had one, I probably would have. And actually, I really didn't want her to have one because of the the orthodontic thing and 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 also just yeah I guess it's personal preference isn't it I just didn't like the idea of one and also that I just knew I'd keep thinking it was dirty yeah. uh, which is ironic yeah, is because that. her hand is filthy and it's in her mouth yeah. a lot and they lick everything <laughs> yeah so you know I don't know like everything I thought is kind of out the window but um but yeah no I would just say it's 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 <clears throat> from it from an orthodontic perspective I definitely wouldn't recommend one a, any whether it's an orthodontic one whether it's a normal one or whatever I would um yeah and again thumb sucking um is something which is not ideal it is it works exactly the same way and it's a difficult habit to break but I'm aware from my personal experience that that's a difficult one to control you yeah. may not be able to do anything about that <laughs> Yeah, and coming back to full circle, like starting at the beginning when we were talking about raising our hypothetical children, it's easy to be a perfect, amazing parent. Of course. Now, I think yeah. parents are perfect, by the way, and amazing. Um, when you don't have a baby, yeah. I, hypothetically, I wouldn't introduce a dummy for my baby just for the sake of it. I would only yeah. introduce it if there was reflux there. Yeah. But I don't know what I would do until you're actually in that situation. You have no idea what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's probably loads of different reasons for that. Seeing 20 years of being a nanny and working on getting rid of the dummy, it's not always an easy move. No, I can imagine. Um, yeah. They get very <laughs> attached. My last two girls that I looked after used to call them their best friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can only imagine, to be honest. And um, but I just, again, I just think, I, I, you know, if you did, if you did introduce it, you'd done that because you needed to, you know, I guess. So, uh, but yeah, definitely working towards getting rid of them. And I'd say three is kind of the cutoff point, um, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And at, from again, from a sleep perspective, I never would introduce a dummy to space feeds, um, to um, extend feeds longer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's for some families and some practitioners, that's quite common practice. I'm, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just no. not something I would do. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. 
Oh, that was really useful. I've oh, had a really so good much. time there. I've definitely learned loads and I'll definitely be taking it into my practice, um, which is great. I think we can all learn from each other. Is there anything else you would like to share? I think the only kind of one little thing I'll touch on is um, dietary sugars. So obviously not um, milk and things like that. Um, so just just as a general piece of advice um, that, you know, we all want to be limiting the our children's and our own, but I'll just stick with children's exposure to um, refined sugar. Um, so um, snacks, because I know that's something which is quite a big thing. I think where possible stick with sugar free, um, you know, savoury snacks. And um, I just like my one little thing is just check the label on what you're giving your child you know I know when babies uh, with Isla when Isla pre-12 months I was like so no she won't eat this she won't eat that just fresh fruit mm-hmm. and veg and whatever but as she's getting older I'm like oh look they look nice in Asda and Sainsbury's and let me get her those little flapjacks or crisps or whatever you know I'm becoming a little oh, she can have what I'm having or you know that kind of thing so we become a little bit more they're a bit older aren't they but um always check the label and um, check for um sugar and please don't be taken in by no added sugar and particularly dilutes um and things like fruit juice like processed fruit juice they actually do contain a lot of sugar um so so that's just a general dental, a dental thing. And I, I know the NHS are running like quite a lot of campaigns on sugar because it's linked to so many other things as opposed to, you know, not just teeth, but obesity, etc. Um, but um, yeah, please just be mindful of that because that's something we see a lot of issues with. Um, and it's a shame because we get young children coming with lots and lots of cavities and um, it's actually it's actually not their fault. And it sounds like funny, you know, to say, but it, it really is that that the onus is on the parents for that because it's what you're giving your child um so sugar is fine you know everything in moderation but stick sugar with meals um not as snacks and in terms of drinks milk obviously is okay we've talked a lot about milk but Mm water is fine but i would my professional opinion and personal opinion again if you've never introduced it don't introduce dilutes don't introduce fizzy drinks they're not missing out on anything if they're not having those things um you know treat them in other ways like give them some cake or whatever but with a meal as opposed to giving them a can of like coke or whatever um yeah. so um so yeah that's just a one kind of last like dietary advice sort of thing because we do see a lot of issues with young children with and they can have some really really bad um you know decay which can lead to infections and um Leicester is a is a really is, is not a great area for you know children have a number of children that have to be go into hospital and have extractions under general anesthetic you'd be shocked if you saw the numbers and, it, and that's all sugar yeah it's really sad it's really really sad to see when you see it in your practice because you think you know you're looking at a four-year-old five-year-old and you're thinking you absolutely had no control over this (laughs) this is not your fault at all and you're the one that's suffering now um where mum or dad or quite often it's grandparents for example they did not need to keep giving you sweets and chocolates all the time because that was never gonna end well so yeah that's just my dental bit (laughs) on the end (laughs) I think that's such a tricky I think it's such a tricky one because I I, when I was younger snacks definitely weren't a thing I can I handle and I've got a cracking memory yeah I can never remember my mum ever like snack time just wasn't a thing when we were children I don't think I ever bothered my mum for a snack I'm actually I sound I'm not I'm definitely not perfect if you could see me now I'm sat here with no bra on in my (laughs) I haven't cleaned my teeth this morning because I got the time wrong like it's very unusual for me so I'm definitely not perfect um but the whole snack thing like I don't even really snack now to be honest but it's it's become a real snacking has become a real thing maybe we can do a whole other 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if, see, I never used to give Isla snacks, but at nursery, she has breakfast, she has lunch, and then she has tea at 3.30. And then I give her a quick dinner when I get her home at half five before bed, um, because I think half, you need know, to go from half three to the morning. I, you know, I just think that's, Fine. I don't know. Um, so then when I got her at home with me on non-nursery days, I kind of give her a snack at half three, which is when she would have tea. But I don't know if that's the right thing to do because then she has a substantial dinner. But I just kind of do it and she eats it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, it's, but yeah. It's a tricky one. And it'd be interesting to speak to a nutritionist about that as well yeah. because we are yeah. meant to eat little and often. Yeah. It's just snacks have become a massive thing. And I don't even know where that, where that starts from yeah yeah and the whole labels and when you say dilutes do you mean like squashes like fruit juice yes yeah there's very few um i think like the lemon barley water is one that off the top of my head which is truly sugar-free but there are very few squash diet you know dilute drinks which have no sugar um because they're marketed as no added sugar as a parent and a consumer you would look at it and think oh that's that's okay um but it's still if you looked at the label it would still have some sugars in it um and the in drinks is a huge issue um in adults it's actually more things like tea and coffee sugar into coffee um or alcohol um or, or or um adults who will have you know how we'll fill a bottle of water they'll fill a bottle with squash and they'll say oh it's really really dilute like i just put a tiny drop of um whatever it is in there but it's any doesn't matter and with sugar it's not the it's not the quantity, it's the frequency of sugar. So um, I always use the analogy of Haribo. But if you have two people, two children, and you give them both a bag of Haribo and one eats it all in one go and the other one saves it and let it last the whole day, the one that saved it in theory would have more cavities than the one that ate it in one go. Interesting. I always so, eat everything in one go. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, same. <laughs> but, you know, um, so, so, so drinks can be a real... Um, can be an issue because if you've given you know like we leave a, a cup of water out for Isla and she sips on it through her when she's playing and whatever but imagine there was squash in there and she was sipping on that and all day then yeah. that's a constant um that the, the there's constant sugar attack on her teeth um yeah. so so I would um you know with drinks honestly I would check if you find one that's got no sugar and there are a couple so not to say that there's none out there because I know there are a couple that don't have any sugars in them but the majority do so um you know I would use it if you are going if they if they really really want squash then I would try and give it with a meal because in the sh meal there'll be sugars anyway um so you're limiting the sugar attack on the teeth I just wouldn't give it as a drink throughout the day um and I definitely wouldn't avoid um sugary snacks because they'll be getting sugar in their meals anyway um you know the odd treat here and there is fine if you go out for dinner or whatever that's fine but i just wouldn't introduce it as a regular thing or something they come to expect yeah that makes total sense my it's, yeah I, I reckon we could probably do a whole other podcast episode just on this perhaps next year yeah. because the labels in fruit i think that's a really good tip to check the label because oh those clever people at marketing like sugar-free or less sugar and actually yeah. kids snacks aren't always healthy no even not when they're marketed as healthy yeah absolutely I, I i do check the labels i mean i still give her don't get i'm not you know saying i know actually i do know some 
dentists that don't give their children any sugar because they're so worried <clears throat> and they know the impact it can have. We're not in that camp. Um, she definitely has sugar. Um, but I am mindful of what she has. And I do check the labels. And if there's two flapjacks, for example, I will give her the or yogurts. I'll give her the one that has less sugar in it. And um, I will make I, I do try and ensure that it's with a meal um, where possible. Or if she does have it as, as, at snack time or she had it at tea, let's say at nursery, they gave some cake or whatever they had at tea time. Then I would make sure that at dinner she didn't have that, um, yeah. you know, any sugar. So, um, so yeah, I think those are things that we do have control over. Um, and it is really sad. Like I said, I think, you know, it's a shame when you see a child with lots of cavities because it really is through no fault of their own. And a child will ask for it. I get this a lot. They're like, yeah, but, you know, she really wants the chocolate. And I'm like, well, of course she really, we all really want the chocolate. We all really want everything, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, unfortunately, it's, I know it's the easier option is to say yes and give it to them. But you no favors by doing that yeah. so um, and grandparents is another one that we hear it a lot um grandparents will kind of not listen to you and what and they just want to spoil the grandchild which is what grandparents are there for um but again it's just explaining that you're doing no justice to them at all and you will leave them in a situation where they're in pain or they end up having a lot of dental work done or you know that you're leaving them with big issues going forward and i think it's really really important to stress that to them that you know that's something that we can control and we should we shouldn't be doing that <laughs> yeah no it makes sense and yeah so many there's so many different layers to it whether yeah. it comes from marketing not um nutrition education the juice thing it's yeah there's so many yeah. different things there. i definitely think that could be a whole other podcast yeah <laughs> whole other podcast on that um i was going to say something about the, the sugar and the snacks but it's gone and when you're talking about that you are talking about constantly grazing on sugar it's not yes. about banning it completely no not at all not at all and i think treats are important you know like we would give her a treat and it's christmas um so you know um maybe your child has an advent calendar that there's a chocolate advent calendar or whatever they're having or over christmas they're going to you know have uh, exposure to a bit more sugar and i think that's fine i think you know everything in moderation i think yeah drinks yeah. I think would be a huge one and yes if you know that they're having a sugary cereal <clears throat> and then mid-morning they are a snacker for example and they'd pick up like flapjacks so those you know OT bites or whatever something like that and then after lunch they might have a yogurt and then in the afternoon they might have um you know some things like ketchup have a lot of sugar in so something that you think would be savory something like that and then with dinner they might have you know that's too much sugar in the diet I would try and limit it um and then that is a constant you know there would be a sort of constant sugar attack on the teeth but yeah treats and every so often and things like that is fine Every, everything in moderation I think is is not an issue um but yeah you know if they're going to grandparents and all day they're saying yeah here's some chocolate or here's a sweet or here's this or have some juice or whatever that that will definitely yeah. become an issue yeah yeah makes to it makes total sense I just wanted to double check I wouldn't want anybody a parent feeling guilty that their little one no. has some, a little bit of chocolate and oh, ooh, a little bit of sugar and it's going to have an impact like that no of course not and like I said we definitely get we're not there are some dentists that don't and I know that from first-hand experience but we are not in that you know she Isla will have like a, a one of those little yogurts she loves them um so she'll have a you know petit falou yogurt or she'll have oh those. I love those yeah and she does you know she literally will like and she would have probably 10 <laughs> but again we limit her to like one um and you know um like my mum made some cake yesterday and she was looking after her and she gave her some ginger cake fine that's fine you know it's, that's okay um, but just not to make it a habit I would try and avoid yeah. that moderation yeah. I like it I like it 
Oh, Andy, anything else you'd like to add? No, I think we've covered lots. I hope we've it's covered been loads. Yeah, it's been not... super useful. Good. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. So I know it's not easy organising a time, getting on here, <laughs> up at the wrong time. That's why I'm in my pajamas. I was panicking. Oh, bless um, I think that was it, me as well. To be honest, I think I've had a no, bit of a morning. And but yeah, very likely to be me as well. But if you can't, what's the perks of being self-employed is that. Uh, you probably couldn't turn up to work in your pajamas. Where... No, I wish I could, <laughs> but no. It's sometimes. But I've yeah. definitely learned loads. And as I said, I'll be taking it into my practice. Um, I'm going to be talking about this um, next week when the um, the your podcast, this episode will be available next Tuesday. And if you do want to come on uh, next week and answer some questions on my platform, we'll talk about this afterwards, but if you want to come answer some questions. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be great. You. And the other thing I just wanted to ask you, where can people find you if they want to go and find out more about you? So my, I'm just on Instagram because it was just a quite a, like a little thing that I set up. So I'm at the dental mum. I've got lots of posts on my page um, with advice, lots of things that we've talked about. And then I do try and do, I say a weekly Q&A, but sometimes I put the Q&A box up and then I don't get around to answering it for a week. So, um, so (laughs) yeah, but, um, but I'm always available, you know, more than happy for people to, I get a lot of DMs and stuff and I'm more than happy to, to reply where I can. I can't give um, specific advice, um, but, you know, generic kind of advice and and tips and things like that i'm more than happy for people to message me as well so um so yeah have um have a little look at my page amazing and i'll put that in the show notes as well if people want to find you i'll put all your links in the show notes as well lovely thank you so much pleasure actually thank you so much for coming and speaking to us and you're very welcome enjoy the rest of your december yes thanks a lot take care Bye. bye bye Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carrot Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found the podcast reassuring, informative, and a little bit fun. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, and I'd be so grateful if you could leave me some fabulous feedback. I always love hearing from you, and one lucky listener will win lifetime access to my Bedtime Basics e-course every single month. My next podcast episode will be out in two weeks' time. But if you can't wait for more of my sleep shizzle, you can find me over on Instagram at Carrot Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity to you all.